This special episode of 13th Man Sports is sponsored by Bet99. Hello and welcome to this 13th Man Sports Youth Sports Football Preview Podcast. We're looking forward to the college football season as much as you are, ladies and gentlemen. So sit back and relax. We're going to try and get you up to date with what happened last year, what to pay attention to this year, and get you looking forward to a great season ahead. Welcome back, it's really happy to have you here. My name is Paul, I'm going to be your host for this podcast today. And so the idea of this is, with the season just starting up this week, the weekend of August 27th, I wanted to familiarise people a little bit with youth sports, haven't maybe been paying attention for a couple of years, or they're not too familiar with college, with college football in Canada. So I thought I'd put together like some sort of little podcast to try and get you up to date. You know, I'm not, I'm not TSN, but I'm going to try my best to um, give you the expert analysis as much as I can. So I guess the best way to start is we'll do a recap into last season. Last season was a bit of a truncated season in some spots. Uh, OUA, Ontario University Athletic Conference, they actually had two divisions, an East and a West division. That's normally not the case. Usually all the teams play in just the one division. So that gave us two different divisions. We got some teams in the playoffs we don't normally get. Some teams maybe punching above their weight. It was a bit controversial like with how well the West Division was perceived to be compared to the East. And in the other divisions, things were kind of more along their usual lines in terms of alignment. So last year we had the Montreal Carabins winning the RSEQ. We had the Western Mustangs winning out in the OUA. Saskatchewan Huskies won in Canada West. And the St. Francis Xavier X-Men won in the AUS. In the national semi-final, Saskatchewan won a thriller against Montreal with a last-minute score. Western made pretty easy work of St. Francis in their semi-final. So both teams got to the Vanier Cup final in Quebec City at Stade Telus. Western won a close game 27-21 to lift the Vanier Cup for the eighth time in their history. So they're on paper anyway, the team to beat going into this. So we'll start going east to west, which means we're going to go into the AUS, the Atlantic University Sports Conference. There's five teams there. There's Bishop's Gators. There's the Mount Allison Mounties. Acadia Axemen, St. Mary's Huskies, and the reigning champion, St. Francis Francis Xavier X-Men. The X-Men last year were pretty dominant in the conference, going 6-0. They were led by a rookie quarterback called Silas Fagnan, if I believe I'm pronouncing that right. He had a stellar season last year in just five regular season games. He threw for just under 1,300 passing yards, 10 touchdowns. Three rushing touchdowns, very impressive season for him and we're excited to see more. I'm also excited to see if the Mounties can push them again. The Mount Allison Mounties went 5-1 and one last year, so it was pretty tight. There wasn't much in it. Like, I don't need to tell you, like, the only team to beat the Mounties last year. But interestingly enough, the two teams didn't meet in the conference final. It was indeed the Bishop's Gators who got there. And the Bishop Gators have actually been the bridesmaids 
in 2019 and 2021. So you can look at it and say they're due to break through and get their first ever conference title. Bishops haven't been in AUS for a particularly long time. Um, they're based in Quebec and made the transition from the RSEQ over to the AUS a couple of years ago. So it'll be really cool to see that school get their first title if they can do that. But it might be a tough ask against like sort of Mounties and the X-Men. And yeah, just another cool fact to mention about the AUS was um this summer we had the CFL coming over to play a game in Nova Scotia. They played at Acadia Axemen's Raymond Field in Wolfville, Nova Scotia. It was really great to see that stadium be transformed to have 10,000 fans with a temporary seat. And it was just a great day all round. And I'm really hoping, and if anybody from Nova Scotia went to that game, you loved what you've seen, um, please go out and watch some AUS football, whether that is Acadia, St. Mary's, St. Francis, Bishops or Acadia. I, it'll be just, it'll be just as fun of an experience. I guarantee it for you. And going, hopping over to the next conference. We have the RSEQ, the Quebec Conference. Now, the Quebec Conference has been dominated by two teams for quite a while now, the Montreal Caravans and Laval. So Laval or Laval Rouge et al., they're based out of Quebec City. They're basically kind of like the, the evil empire of U-sports football, kind of like your New England Patriots back in the day. They've Program's only been around since 1996, I believe, and since 1999, they've won the Vanier Cup 10 times, which is an incredible record. They've made the Vanier Cup a couple of times as well, and not one, just to show you how dominant they are. But um, So standards are very high in Laval. Crowds are always great. They're as close to a professional team you could possibly get in youth sports without being professional, obviously. Their success is a big reason as to why people look to Quebec City as a potential CFL expansion spot. Last year, their standards are so high that they lost um, four games last season, which is a bit of a letdown for them. Granted, one of them was in the playoffs, but sure enough, they lost all three games last year against Montreal, and they even lost a game to Sherbrooke, which isn't something that happens all that often in the RSEQ. Like I said, Montreal and Laval are usually very dominant against the other teams. The other teams in question are McGill, Concordia and Sherbrooke. And speaking of Concordia, they they finished 4-4 four and four last year, kind of like cementing themselves as that third best team in the conference. There's, like, there's always a room there to see who's going to be third best. I, I mean, I feel like it's a bit of a push for like the sting, the Concordia Stingers to break into that same level of Montreal and Laval, at least right now. But they did beat Montreal last year. They were the only team to beat Montreal in the regular season. And um, so to talk about Montreal, they said Montreal, they won every game against Laval, which is fantastic for them. They got themselves to the national semi-final. And as we mentioned earlier, they really lost it in heartbreaking fashion against Saskatchewan, like right at the death. The game was played in Montreal. That would have been a tough one to take. So they'd be looking to, to bounce back. There's always Vanier Cup aspirations for Carabins, as well as there is for Laval. It's a real 
it's a real tough game there between the two of them. I like it's one to look out for. The first game between Laval and Montreal will be September 10th in Quebec City, and then they'll play in October 16th in Montreal. Always big crowds, always lots of fun. Definitely like worth highlighting on your calendar. And before we continue on with the other two conferences, I'm going to take a quick break, and I'll be back with you as soon as the ad is over. Bet99 is a Canadian sportsbook and casino. They offer in-play betting, player props, a cash-out option, and many more great products. There are a variety of sports available on the website to bet on, including NHL, NBA, NFL, and the MLB. Bet99 works smoothly on both desktop and mobile. And the Bet99 mobile app can be downloaded from the homepage of the website. Depositing and withdrawing funds are hassle-free with a number of well-known methods available to you so you know your money is safe and secure. The website can be viewed in both English and French, and customer service is available 24-7 on live chat. So go to bet99.com and make an account to get started. Remember to use our code 13thmansports1, but please gamble responsibly. 19 plus, play responsibly. Available to persons in Ontario only. Subject to successful AGCO registration and execution of an operation agreement with iGambling Ontario. If you have any questions or concerns about your gambling, or the gambling of someone close to you, please contact Connex Ontario 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. And now, back to the show. One, two, three, four! Okay, welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the break. We're going to hop on over. We're going to hop, skip, and jump over to the OUA, the Ontario University Athletics Conference. Just like we were mentioning earlier, so we're returning to the normal six-game schedule. Last year, we had a six-game schedule of two divisions. And like the reason this was a bit contentious was, like I said, we had a very top-heavy West division, which had teams like McMaster, who finished 3-3 free free last year, and they're considered like one of the best teams in the OUA. They certainly were in 2019. And um, they failed to make the playoffs while, for example, the Carlton Ravens in the East made it to the playoffs with a 2-4 and four record, as well as the Toronto Varsity Blues. And it's not that they didn't deserve it, it's just that like they're one of the poorer teams in the conference historically. They went years without making the playoffs. And it's hard to say in hindsight because they couldn't play each other, but like it's um it'd be difficult to say that Toronto and Carlton would have made the playoffs last year if they had to face the likes of a McMaster or a Guelph or a Western. But sure enough, like that's just how that's just how it went. And the team that benefited last year probably the most from this arrangement was Queens Gales. Queens are historically one of the big teams in the OUA, but they have kind of been struggling a little bit since winning the Yates Cup in 2009. But last year was certainly a great bounce back year for them. They finished with a 6-0 record, like completely dominated that Eastern Division, and they set themselves up for a Yates Cup final against their big rivals, Western Mustangs. I it's one of the big rivalries in college foot in college football in Canada. These two teams are like two of the powerhouses historically in the OUA. They've won like too many Yates Cups between the two of them to count. They've even won Grey Cups thanks to um, thanks to Queen's efforts back in the day with when college teams were able to compete in the Grey Cup. But Queen's weren't really able to compete with Western on the day last year in the Yates Cup. They 
We lost the game very handily. I was playing in Kingston as well, their home stadium. They'd be disappointed with that. Despite being so well last year, there's a little bit of an unknown quantity in how they're going to get on this year. Having to face teams in those other divisions as well, we're not quite sure how they will do against those Western opponents, like like the aforementioned McMaster, Guelph and Western again in the regular season. Western, you know, if um, Laval are the evil empire in Quebec, Western are the evil empire in, <laughs> in Ontario. They're they're incredibly dominant, very, very well-coached team. They've just been up there for the longest time now. I wouldn't be surprised to see them do well again. Like There's a lot of competition out, out there. There always is from the likes of Guelph, Wilford Laurier. There's usually one, one other team you can expect to like maybe take that jump as well. A team we might not be expecting a jump from, but I want to keep an eye on is uh, Waterloo Warriors. This was a team that struggled for a long time. Like They got hit by a performance-hancing drug scandal in 2009, I believe it was, and it really, really set that program back. There was a lot of dark days there. Then came the shining hope and quarterback Trey Ford. You'll know him now as being the quarterback for the Edmonton Elks. Like Just an outstanding quarterback at that level in U-Sports. Probably the most dominant quarterback like U-Sports has ever seen. And you can see he's breaking a lot of a lot of records already. Like first black quarterback to play in the CFL, having been drafted from U Sports, Edmonton's first Canadian starting quarterback since the nineteen sixties. The first U Sports drafted quarterback to win a game in the CFL since the eighties. And he's not even played that many games yet. We've got he's got a long career ahead of him, and he like did a fantastic job in like turning around Waterloo, getting to the playoffs. They got the monkey off their back of like beating lot. Their rivals, the Wilfred Laurier Golden Hawks, for the first time in like an incredibly long time. They even managed to win a playoff game. I really hope for that program's sake they can keep that momentum now he's gone. I know it's going to be a tough ask, especially with like Trey's brother Tyrell having left as well. He was outstanding in the secondary for them. But we can only wait and see. Like at the very least, the momentum and feel good factor is back at Waterloo. In terms of feel-good factor, probably the exact opposite of us, that is uh, York Lions. I don't want to touch too much into it, but um, they're, they've had some really high-profile off-the-field incidents this season that have um, seen members of staff being suspended and removed from the programme. York has kind of been a programme that's always struggled on the field. It's, it's a very tough situation for them. They're kind of like... Different circumstance, but kind of like where Waterloo were 10 years ago in terms of that, that program might be at its lowest ebb. Um, that's one to keep an eye on. Like, hopefully they can get something going there. It's not nice to see a team languish that low at the bottom for so long, especially in a conference as as competitive as the OUA. There's plenty of more other teams there I can talk about, but there's only only so many spots available, sure. Like, there's teams to keep an eye on there, like we said, like the Carlton Ravens, Ottawa GGs, the Windsor Lancers. There's a lot of teams to keep an eye on there. It's always a very competitive, very fun division. It is the biggest division, the most playoff spots. It's the only one that has a quarterfinals, semifinals, and semifinals when it comes to the playoff arrangement. So there's a lot to play for, and it's very fun to watch. And um, I'm going to imagine most people listening to this are from Ontario based on Canada's population makeup. So, um... Do yourself a favour and um, go check out a local college game if you can. Now heading over to the final conference, the biggest conference by landmass, Canada West. 
no no prizes for guessing geographically where this conference is based. Last year in this conference, it was the Saskatchewan Huskies who won out. They won the conference title against the Manitoba Bisons. Saskatchewan had a lot of great players on their team last year, like Adam Mashar and Noah Zare. They have unfortunately moved on since. So it's going to be interesting to see if they can hold on to first. It's always a very competitive division. Their coach, Scott Flory, has done great work with them. Like They've improved pretty much every year since he's been there, since starting 2-6 in his first year. It's going 5-1 and one last year, making that v- first Vanier Cup appearance since 2006 last year too. So great job overall by Scott there. We'll hope he can keep up that work there. They'll be looking to fend off teams such as the Manitoba Bisons. Manitoba finished 5-1 and one last year and they built on that to win their first playoff game since 2014. They're really fancying their chances this year. The expectations are high. They've got their long-term quarterback, Des Catalier, back. For one last ride, uh, Saskatchewan having lost a couple of players, Manitoba are going to be targeting a first place finish, I imagine, and hoping that they can, um, make an appearance in those, like, national semi finals again. A team that has, um, always traditionally been good, but, like, tailed off last year is the Calgary Dinos. They won the Vanier Cup not all that long ago, and they finished two and four last year. One thing to note that is, um, despite finishing 2-4, they did put up 181 points, which was the second most in the conference. They had two generational receivers in um, the Philpott twins, and um, they've both like gone up into the CFL now, with um, Montreal and Calgary Stampeders, respectively. So it'll be interesting to see how they're able to move on from that, if they're able to keep up that offensive productivity. I mean, as you can imagine, like they'll be looking to improve their defense from scoring that many points and only finishing two and four. But um, off best defense, the best offense, and you're hoping that those departures aren't going to affect them too much in that sense. Going right out west, we've got the UBC Thunderbirds. And just like how St. Francis had a pretty good quarterback last season making his um, rookie appearance, Last year, we also had a BC quarterback make a fantastic rookie appearance. He had 1,655 yards. And to go alongside that, he had eight passing touchdowns, four rushing touchdowns. I am, of course, talking about Garrett Rooker. You can only, you only have to look at the CFL right now for inspiration for him with the quarterback out in the BC Lions at the moment, O'Connor. He was a UBC graduate. He led them to a Vanier Cup title. So it's we live in a different world now. It's not inconceivable to think that U Sports quarterbacks can make that jump up into the CFL now. And if he can maintain that form and maybe even like get BC to win a playoff game or two like in the next couple of years, he's definitely going to make his case as one of the better players in that conference. And the other team and to mention is the Alberta Golden Bears. Not so much for on the field, although they did do well on the field last season. This year, they're going to be taking part in a double header fixture with the Edmonton Elks. On October 15th, the Alberta Golden Bears are going to be playing their provincial rivals, the Calgary Dinos, at Commonwealth Stadium on the same day that Edmonton Elks are going to be playing the Toronto Argonauts. So you're going to get two games for the price of one, same stadium. You get to watch the university players play, then the CFL players play. Just a fantastic idea. I wish a lot more teams 
and the CFL and youth sports would do initiatives like this. It's just a lot of fun. It's a great way to advertise this sport as well for people who may not be familiar with it. Youth sports is a lot of fun to watch and having it accessible in the same place as you'll watch your CFL games. It's just a fantastic idea and like playing at like Commonwealth Stadium with 60,000 seats. I mean, it's probably not going to be full, but like it's going to be just like a great venue to play in. And I'm really looking forward to that one there. Speaking of great ones, we're going to take a break and let you check out some of our great sponsors. So don't go anywhere. There's no doubt you like sports. You've made it this far. So when you're done here, make sure to head on over to 13thmansports.ca for all your CFL, NFL, NBA, MLS, CPL, and so, so many more. 13th Man Sports is articles, podcasts, and a couple surprises along the way. So don't let yourself fall out of the know and make sure you get to know 13th Man Sports. Welcome back. Hope you had fun away there. So those are your conferences and a little bit about teams to keep an eye on in them. I have some key dates for you to keep an eye on, particularly people who like their rivalry games. I mean, who doesn't, right? That's like that's what gets you excited when it comes to sports is rivalry and derby games, the games that mean more. So in the OUA, probably the biggest high-profile derby in all of your sports is the rivalry between the Ottawa GGs and Carlton Ravens, a.k.a. the Panda game. It's played at TD Play Stadium. There's always a very big crowd there, biggest crowd almost every year in U Sports. Lots of fun, you know. If you need an excuse to drink, there's not much better excuse in Ottawa to drink than going to this game here. That will be on, um, that will be on October 1st. A lot of fun to watch. We've had some memorable games, many high scoring games over the years. So hopefully, these two teams can replicate that. Uh, on October 6th, we have the Battle of Waterloo. We have the Waterloo Warriors versus the Wilfrid Laurier Golden Hawks. This rivalry was very one-sided for the longest time, but in the last couple of years, like under Trey Ford at quarterback, Waterloo have been a lot more competitive and games with these two have been a lot more even. Waterloo actually like may even have, argue to have the upper hand since 2018 in this fixture. So it's interesting to see if this rivalry can be maintained to that intensity or if the somewhat status quo will happen again. Like The Golden Hawks have traditionally been the better team out of these two in this fixture. But when Waterloo are good, this is like one of the most fun games in the calendar bar none. So I sure speak for everybody when I say that's the case again. Another date to look out for is the Western Mustangs versus Queen's Gales on September 10th. This is a fixture that right now has been dominated by Western. They're unbeaten in this game since about 2013, I believe, or somewhere along those lines, if not 2013. But like I said, this is probably the most biggest rivalry in OUA when it comes to trophies having been won. They've both dominated Gates Cups. They've both won plenty of Vanier Cups. There's a lot of, lot of trophies won between these two. The cabinets are glistening. They don't like each, they don't like each other. You know, I'm sure if you ask many people from Queens if they could win one game all season, it would be against Western. Western have always got title aspirations, but there's not much better feelings than beating your rivals. So they'd be looking forward to that game. That game will be in London on September 10th, London, Ontario. If you're able to get along to that, again, you're going to love it. Make sure you get yourself down there. Always fun between watch, fun game between these two. Going into Canada West, 
As we mentioned earlier on, we got Calgary playing Alberta Golden Bears on October 15th. The first fixture in Calgary's McMahon Stadium will be on September 16th. Everybody loves the Battle of Alberta, no matter what the stakes are, no matter what the stage is. And football, always a fun sport to watch our rivalry sense. So you go and ch- please go and check that one out there. You're going to have a lot of fun watching that. In terms of other rivalries, we also have the provincial rivalry in Saskatchewan. We have the Regina Rams hosting the Saskatchewan Huskies on September 17th. That will be in Mosaic Stadium, home of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and the home of the Regina Rams as well. Very fun fixture as well. You know, they love their football in Saskatchewan. They, they live and breathe that sport there. This will mean a lot to the people of Regina and Saskatoon, you know, who's got the better college team. Last year, as I said, Saskatchewan were pretty dominant in the conference. Regina didn't finish that high. They had a poor record as well, but they lost a lot of games by close margins. So if they're able to flick the switch there, then there's no telling what their season could entail. They could do really well this season. So that's one to look forward to. The return fixture in Griffith Stadium, Saskatoon, will be October 15th. Same day as Alberta versus Calgary. Yeah, a lot of fun. Basically a rivalry day there in Canada West. That's the type of thing we like to see. And speaking of things we like to see, this is a thing we haven't seen for a while. From 2002 to 2009, the Simon Fraser clan also played in Canada West. They are a college based out of the lower mainland as well, just like UBC. But they opted to play their games going forward in America. So they play actually in American college football. They play four down football. They're going to be playing a lot of their home games this year in America. They're going to be playing teams in Texas. Between you and me, just bring them back to Canada already. <laughs> they, um, they haven't played UBC, their provincial rival, since 2010. But this year, with the help of the BC Lions, the fixture is returning, a.k.a. the Shrimble. So that's going to be a lot of fun to look out for. The game is going to be played at Terry Fox Field in Barnaby. I'm hoping this can become a regular thing as well. Like this game is so much fun because a lot of the time they'll like differentiate the rules historically. So back before 2002, whenever they played each other, like UBC would like play against Simon Fraser and maybe they use three downs and the next year they use four downs to like change the rules. So there's always like a little bit like sort of fun gimmick sense to this and that one team was always having to like play at such a disadvantage. So it means more, I guess, like if you're the Canadian team, you win the four down game or you're American and you win the three down game. And the more like college football we can watch, the better. That game's going to be on December 2nd. And if you're in the area, you know, that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. These two teams haven't played each other in a while, but I'm sure they just want to win this game against each other. Like no questions asked. And of course, then we have Laval versus Montreal. The... That might decide things, knowing what the RSEQ is like. There's not much between those, between those two teams historically. Usually when these two teams play in the regular season, there's big crowds. We've seen crowds like just short of 20,000 before whenever they played. Last year, there was crowds of about 8,000, I think, when they played in Quebec City. Their games will be September 10th in Quebec City, Stade Telus, and October 16th in Montreal, and um, Sepsum Stadium, I believe it's I believe it's called. These are probably the two very meaningful games. They're almost always meet a third time in the conference final. So these two games will go a very long way to deciding has home advantage for that. 
And going into the playoffs now, so once the regular seasons are done, the top four teams in RSEQ, the Canada West and AUS will go on to the playoffs. And the OUA, it's the top eight teams because they have enough teams to fill quarterfinals. And the conference, so obviously they'll play each other sort of thing. It's pretty, you know, easy to understand in that sense. And then the conference finals themselves to decide who's the winner of each conference will be on November 12th. And then the four teams will, from each conference will then meet up against each other. We have a rough idea of what to expect. They arrange the fixtures ahead of time. So the winner of the OUA will play the winner of the RSEQ. And the winner of the AUS will host the winner of Can West. Those games will be held on November 16th. I'm particularly interested in the AUS versus Can West played in the East, played out in the Maritimes. The AUS is kind of being the black sheep conference in youth sports for about 15 years now. It's been a really long time since an AUS team won a national semi-final. And last year, like, St. Francis um, got, to be blunt, nowhere close against Western. It was um, a pretty one-sided affair. So I'm wondering if the really far travel, like, I mean, if it's like a team from like Alberta or um, British Columbia as well, especially, that's a very long way to go, to go to like a Nova Scotia or a New Brunswick. And I'm wondering if that may be some sort of an equaliser. Well, I don't like support any of these teams. I don't have, like, I don't have a stake in the game. I would love to see an AUS team finally get over the hump and get back to the Vanier Cup. I think it'd be the best thing to happen there. It's been down its luck for a while. And, you know, the feel-good factor of, like, the chance of getting a CFL team possibly in touchdown Atlanta being such a big excess, it would do wonders for the sport in that region. Whether that's St. Francis, Bishops, Acadia, Mount Allison, like, whoever it is, I just hope they're able to, like, really step up to the mark and at the very least make that game competitive and when it's all said and done the final is the Vanier Cup the Vanier Cup is a beautiful trophy as you can probably tell I'm not Canadian I'm Scottish and if there's one thing I've learned about Canada lots and lots of beautiful trophies <laughs> Stanley Cup Grey Cup Vanier Cup you guys know how to do your cups so that game will be played at Western Alumni Stadium in London, Ontario. Ontario. That's the home of the Western Mustangs, and it'll be on November 26th. So there's some extra motivation there for the Western Mustangs to run the table and make it back to the big dance. Uh, if you want my predictions ahead of time, keep in mind some of these might age horribly. Some of these might be pretty. Some of these might be easier than others to say. I think the the national semi-finalists are going to be from the OUA. I'm going to take Western again. It's hard to root against Western until proven otherwise. I might do another one of these podcasts like during the season. At that point, I may very much stand corrected. But at this point, I'm just, I'm going to go with them. I'm going to go with the holders and the RSEQ. I think Montreal were just so far ahead of Laval last season that I'm I'm going to stick with Montreal again. But this one is. Honestly, this could be a coin flip. I just have a feeling that Montreal are gonna do are gonna do it again. I don't know if they'll win all three ga- all three games like last time round, and I'm very much looking forward to finding out if I'm wrong. Canada West is a tough one. I I can make a case really for UBC 
Manitoba and Saskatchewan. I think some of Saskatchewan's losses are going to be a bit too much to overcome. And I like what they're doing in Manitoba. I think I'm going to go over the Bisons on this one. I'm going to take the Manitoba Bisons in Canada West. And then in the AUS, I'm going to go... Um, I, like, I really like St. Francis last year. They're building a good, building a good thing there. I tentatively, I'm going to say St. Francis X-Men. But I, you know, if Bishops or Katie or Mount Allison, I wouldn't be too surprised if another team's able to step up to the mark there. And there you go. That is my little preview of the U Sports season ahead. Like I said, I'm, I may try and make this a regular thing throughout. You just have to stay tuned. If you like what you've seen here as well, make sure to pay attention to the articles we put out in our parent company, 13th Man Sports. We try to keep you up to date with all the happenings in Canadian sports, especially in football, soccer, and baseball. So if you like what you like what you hear here, you're gonna like what you read. It's by people who are like much better than I am at this sort of thing. I also throw my hat into the ring too. If you like how I sound and think this guy sounds like he might know more in other sports, that's probably the case. There's also a soccer podcast attached to us called FC13 Podcast. Please check that out if you have the chance to. We'll also be starting up a NFL and NHL podcast soon. So we've got a lot of exciting things coming for you. We hope you enjoyed this U Sports podcast and we hope you enjoy the season ahead. 